Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It's Friday, November 5th, 2021. I'm Andrew Hansen, back in the booth with Josh Crash Davis. Now we've got the primetime podcast going. The Sunday and Monday night games, we've done the main slate podcast, so check that out if you haven't seen it already. Uh, and with these two games, Crash, uh, I feel like I, sh- I drew the short end of the stick here because I've got the road teams, Tennessee, big underdog against the Rams, and then the Bears, the big underdog against Pittsburgh. But I guess I'll just have to set you up for all the key plays. Yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll make it work, and and we always flip it the next week. So you'll get you'll get the better teams next week. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. It's all good. Got to evaluate each team in all these slates, especially on the showdown slates, and every player, every position, since you have to play somebody from each team. So uh, yeah. it's all part of the process, and that's what we're going to do here for you: is go team by team, player by player, position group by position group for these showdown slates. Let's start with Tennessee and the Rams. Rather big news here with Mr. Derrick Henry, the cyborg, out for an extended period of time. Adrian Peterson is the new man in town, kind of the old guy in the NFL. Man, he's been around forever. Talk about a machine in terms of longevity and all those carries. Apparently, they're impressed, ready to get him out there. Uh, Probably going to get the lead role here. Uh, not not a great matchup, and across the board, Josh, I'm just not very fired up about Tennessee without Henry. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes it really tough. The receivers are always banged up, but let, let's break it down here a little bit more specifically. Um, Peterson, uh, you know, I'll just jump right in there because his price tag on DraftKings is three thousand. Mm. So, you know, it's not a great matchup here against the Rams, but I think he will get the volume where. You kind of need to play him. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's my plan. 8,500 on FanDuel. Uh, it's you know a little bit of a different analysis. But you know, looking primarily at DraftKings here tonight, uh, I am going to probably play Peterson. We'll see if they activate anybody else. Deontay Foreman is a possibility. And then Jeremy McNichols, I think, will still be in that third down pass catching role. Mm-hmm. And I had to chuckle at his price. 7,800 on DraftKings. I think they slotted him in there just thinking he might be the guy to take over but i just don't see that happening in the last three weeks he hasn't had a single carry Mm -hmm. Uh, he's just out there to catch on on third down um only seven carries all season uh mr henry's been pretty pretty busy back there but what's your thought on the backfield here do you think peterson has a chance to to be decent yeah, I think that, you know, I was kind of thinking that because he's only been there for a few days, I wasn't sure exactly how many opportunities he was going to get this week. But sounds like from what you're reading that, you know, he's going to be out there. So you got to at least think that he's going to get some goal line opportunities if they're able to move down the field. <laughs> right. But, we'll see about that. Um, yeah. You know, Rams just really strong here on both sides of the ball. You know, they do give up some yardage defensively, but. Uh, they may have uh, Von Miller in town. Mm. Uh, and so that'll be interesting as they kind of load up and push for that Super Bowl uh, entry, p- potentially. Uh, Ramsey is a little bit dinged up as well here. We're yeah. recording this on Friday night. So we're not sure if they'll be at ultra full strength, but uh, you know, pretty tough matchup re- regardless. So l- let's talk about the pass passing situation here with Tannehill of course 
kind of uh, low volume in general this year. You know, not a bunch of big games. Mm-hmm. Did get to three touchdowns last week in that overtime win over Indianapolis, uh, but a negative 63% run or pass blocking wow. situation here, according to pro football focus. And then you've got the, the always banged up receivers right now, uh, AJ Brown questionable with the knee issue. He had the big game last week with Julio sitting out. Julio is going to be back in there. Uh, he's much cheaper on DraftKings. but how about Julio this year? F- five games, no yep. touchdowns yet. Only 17 catches for 301. Uh, any reason to think that he'll turn it around and, and do some damage against the Rams? Well, if if A.J. Brown's out, I mean, he's going to be the main guy for sure. Um, I, it's hard to know exactly what that offense is going to look like without Derrick Henry, but you would think that, especially if A.J. Brown's out, that Julio's going to get a lot of the targets, and um, they're just going to have to pass heavy, you know? Yeah, they're going to just have to, you know, do their best. Uh, and I agree. This could be finally Julio's week to maybe not shine, but you know, at least get in the end zone. And mm-hmm. and he's certainly affordable, so you could look there. After that, it is it is always a mess with Tennessee uh, with these other pass catchers. Uh, they really circulate guys in, and, you know, it's not not a big target. Uh, volume to these guys. Chester mm-hmm. Rogers in the slot, one target last week. Uh, Westbrook Akine, he's you know has had some okay games at his price. Got mm-hmm. in the end zone last week. I kind of like Marcus Johnson. He got five targets last week, only one catch. Yeah, but if if AJ Brown is out, uh, you could look at one of those guys because they're all really cheap on on DraftKings. Mm-hmm. And then the tight ends. You know, has become a three-headed monster this year. Ferkser really has disappointed. Swaim has has uh, picked it up. Even Pruitt, um, Swaim had four catches last week, got a touchdown, um, but not a good matchup here on paper either. So, you know, kind of the long-winded way of saying I'm looking at maybe Adrian Peterson, and and maybe that's about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, on DraftKings. We'll see who's who's in, who's out with these receivers, but just not very fired up about the Tennessee side. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. I think that it's going to be one of those slates where we have to put the value plays in from the Titans and then pay up for the Rams. It's kind All of right. I'm thinking for the lineup construction right now. Yeah, I think I'm with you. So let's let's talk about these Rams and and where you want to pay up. Yeah, that's a good question. You've got a lot to pick from here. Um, Matthew Stafford is 19200 uh, in the captain spot, 12-8 in the flex. So if you want to pay up, you know, you could look at him. Really good matchup against Tennessee. They've allowed the eighth most passing yards per game at 267.4. He's thrown for over 300 yards in three of his last four games with 10 touchdowns and only one interception. So he's kind of having that MVP-type season. Um, really in, enjoying being away from Detroit, I guess. But uh, he's uh, he's he's definitely having a good season. And and then right behind him, of course, is Cooper Cup, who's been the best wide receiver in fantasy this year. He's seen double digit targets every week, basically. And going up against Tennessee, who have allowed the most fantasy points to wide receivers this year. And um, it's going to be pretty hard for me to get away from him unless you're just trying to be contrarian. I think that you definitely want to have Cup in your lineups. 
And then if you decide not to, though, you could look at Robert Woods. Um, he's the clear wide receiver two option for the Rams. Um, he is questionable, so we'll have to see if he's going to play. But um, Woods is an option. And then if Woods is out, I definitely want to play Van Jefferson. Um, he's seen six and seven targets in the last two games. And I think there's a chance that we could see the Titans kind of do what they did with the Chiefs against Tyreek Hill and, and try and double cup, um, which would open up some more opportunities for Jefferson too. So, and then Deshaun Jackson was released. So that's going to help, you know, give him more opportunities, especially with him being the main deep ball option for the, for the Rams. So. Yeah. I, I like that Stafford to cup connection here as much as, as always. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think it's going to be hard to get away from uh, cup's been so consistent, reliable and, almost perfect matchup rating on pff uh remember we're on beasley against tennessee had that big game for us in the slot and cup obviously is just at another level yeah so uh you know tough to tough to fade those two guys by the way that price you mentioned for for stafford even in the flex at 12 8 that (laughs) one kind of surprised me you know oftentimes cup will be the most expensive ram on a slate Mm -hmm. like this but it is, yeah. I mean, it's deserved because yeah. it is such a great matchup. Um, and then, uh, what about a potential value receiver here, uh, and/or uh, Higby? A- any other pass catchers you're looking at? Yeah, you could definitely look at Higby. Um, I think that that that's he. He's what he's like in sevens. I think is that the price range he's, he's at fifty six at, at the flex spot. Fifty six the flex. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you could definitely look at Tyler Higby. Now, if you really want to dig deep for some value, you've got a rookie by the name of Ben Skoranek, um, fifteen hundred in the captain spot, only a thousand in the flex. And if Woods is out, then he would be the third option behind Cup and Jefferson. So, in a deep, you know, GPP flyer type play, you could definitely look at Ben Skoranek. Yeah, three catches last week. Uh, right. Definitely, that would work for a thousand uh, mm-hmm. on DraftKings. Uh, will you keep a spot open for a running back? Yeah. Daryl Henderson has been very consistent this year. He scored about 16 fantasy points a game, um, actually coming off one of his best games um, last week against Houston, uh, which if we see that game script where, you know, LA gets a big lead, we could see him getting 20 plus carries um, this week against Tennessee. So that would favor him quite a bit. And, um, you know, it's been a tough, a little bit of a tough matchup against running backs. Um, Tennessee's allowed the ninth fewest points um, to running backs, but you know, with Derrick Henry out and, and possibly AJ Brown out, I could really see Tennessee struggling to stay in this game. So, yeah, agreed. And seventy uh, percent run blocking advantage here for the Rams, according to PFF. Despite the those numbers in terms of the production, mm-hmm. uh, they're really liking. Uh, how things are going to line up for that offensive line. Um, All right. Well, it's looking like lots of Rams early and often. Uh, Before we transition to game two, do you want to tell folks about the lineups that we give out for these games? I guess not. Josh is, uh, he's paused himself on me, but I will, uh, I will go through that. You can get, Full lineups on FanDuel and Yahoo for all of these showdown games, cash lineups and GPP. And then on DraftKings, we give out the core 
build for the GPP approach and the cash approach. So DFSCoachTalk.com if you want to join us. And we'll get you those lineups before each slate, about 30 minutes before kickoff. So uh, make sure to jump in this weekend, uh, Saturday or Sunday in the morning, so you get the main slate lineups as well uh, for, for week nine. So DFSCoachTalk.com to sign up, and we'll send you an email and get you into our Discord. All what right. Were you, what were you trying to say? I lost you, right? When uh, you were asking me I was question. asking if you <laughs> wanted to talk about the lineups we give out. Oh, uh, I would have, but so, yeah, I guess yeah. I answered that question. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So game two, we have the Bears traveling to Pittsburgh for Monday night football. And how about this total of only 39? Mm. Wow. Uh, Pittsburgh favored by six and a half. So that does not uh, leave many points for Chicago with the implied total. Mm -hmm. But can't be that surprised. Three and five. Three straight losses. Pittsburgh four and three with three straight wins. So these two teams going in the opposite directions. And I get to start with the visiting team here again. So let me talk about these Bears. Uh, you know, frustrating for Bears fans to see this, this offense that's 294 yards per game on mm. average. So just almost a non-existent passing attack. The rushing game is good. Uh, and I guess the 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 positive here is that Fields had a real strong game last week against San Fran, his best on the season, 175 yards passing through for a score, and then had a tremendous rushing touchdown. Mm. It looked like they were going to sack him, and he got out of it and made a terrific run, you know, showing his uh, his promise. So for me, uh, the highlight here, the high level approach to this game since we don't have pricing yet on either site yeah. as we record this friday night could be a fields game maybe one of his receivers and then load up on pittsburgh just mm. like sort of like that uh, sunday night game approach that we have uh cook cooking up here but uh you know fields because he he, he you know carried it 10 times for over 100 yards last week uh, he's sort of the key to really the passing game and the rushing game. So I, I prefer him over the, you know, the regular running backs, if you will. Mm -hmm. Herbert Herbert has really been strong here lately, but Pittsburgh has given up the fifth fewest fancy points to running backs, only two touchdowns. And it looks like David Montgomery might be back out there mm. soaking up some carries. He's, he's trying to get back from that knee issue. Damian Williams, on the other hand, looking like he may not play because of his knee. So I think Montgomery will take a little bit away from Herbert, um, just make it really tough there. So what are your thoughts here on the non-pass catchers for the Bears? Any interest there? It does make a lot of sense that you would want to stay away from that that running back. Is Damian Williams, is he in the picture? Is he out? I think he's likely going to be out with injury. Okay. So you got the split carries at, at least, you know, between Herbert and, and Montgomery. Right. Um, so it would make sense to avoid that. Yeah. I just don't know how they're going to attack Pittsburgh because they've been pretty run, you know, dependent lately. So Yeah, they have. Exactly. It's, so it's tough because they want to run it, but Pittsburgh's good at stopping it. Um, if they do go to the air with any success, you know, I think it's probably Mooney and Robinson. Mm -hmm. Although Robinson has been very disappointing this year, but yeah, Pittsburgh most vulnerable in the slot, and those two guys spend most of their time there 
or the the most time there. You know, good ones more on the outside. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll see how the pricing plays out on DraftKings. If Mooney is around seven seven mid seven k range, you know, I could see myself pairing him up with Fields and then heading over to the Pittsburgh side. But uh, you know, just disappointing group here uh, in terms of production this year. And then the tight ends, uh, you know, they were decent last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, a below average matchup. Little narrative potentially with Jesse James heading back to Pittsburgh, yeah. uh, coming in after a, a good game for him, mm-hmm. three catches and a score. So that's a that's a possibility again if you if you want to go with that cheap passing connection on, on the Chicago side. But what what's your thought here uh, with the the pass catchers? Um. Yeah, I would definitely if if Mooney's been lining up primarily in the slot, that would probably be the top guy. And then for value, I would look at probably one of those cheap tight ends. I think that's a good value play. Yeah, Mooney, thirty-two percent of his routes in the slot. Robinson, forty-two percent. So together, they're in there the most. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about the Pittsburgh side that I think we both kind of like a little bit better. Yeah. So the first thing we have to find out is whether or not Ben Roethlisberger is going to play. Big piece of information. Um, he's dealing with a shoulder injury. Um, you know, if not, we're going to be seeing Mason Rudolph out there, uh, which is going to change the passing game, obviously, quite a bit for Pittsburgh. And they may just rely completely on Najee Harris at that point. But assuming that Ben does play, um, the Bears have allowed the 12th most fantasy points to quarterbacks. So you could be looking at some options there in the passing game. Um, Deontay Johnson would obviously be the top option in the passing game. The bears have allowed the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers. He's been heavily targeted all season. He saw 13 targets in each of his last two games. Um, he actually didn't score a touchdown in either of those games. So he could be due to find the end zone, you know, in this game. And then, um, with Najee Harris, I mean, that's going to be probably the, the highest owned player on the slate, I'm sure. But, He's, he's been seeing Derrick Henry type, you know, workload numbers, 26, 24, and 23 carries in his last three games, and has also been targeted in the passing game. So he's probably going to be the most expensive player. I would just about guarantee it, you know, in this game, but um, definitely been producing at, at numbers that it would be worth that price. Yeah, I had to, I had to chuckle at uh, Harris's usage there and look at the backs last week. McFarlane? Balage and Snell all had one touch and he, he had 29. Mm. So I, I do agree. It'll be, I'm going to say something like, you know, 11,000 for Harris and those other guys will be somewhere between probably 200 and yeah. you know, 18 to, to 2000. Um, I, I think fields might be uh, right around that same price as Harris. That'll be fun to see. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, but I also agree with you on Johnson here. Real strong play. He's a guy that I, w- I will consider as as the captain mm-hmm. on DraftKings. You know, PPR, he can really, you know, load up the points. Definitely. Nine, ten catches, close mm-hmm. to 100 yards, a score. And if so, then he's he's the guy you want there. Yeah. Uh, you know, depending on how the pricing all plays out. But uh, how about the rest of the crew here? Um in a GPP, you could look at Chase Claypool. He's only been seeing about five to seven targets a game lately, and he hasn't been putting up huge numbers. Like I said, this is a favorable matchup as the Bears have allowed the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers. 
you know, as a, a GPP pivot to Deontay Johnson, I could see Claypool as an option. And then for me, the second pass catcher I'm looking at is Pat Fryermuth, the rookie tight end, um, especially if Eric, Eric Ebron's out. He's seen seven targets in each of his last two games, um, had four receptions for 44 yards and a touchdown last week. And then in week seven before the bye, he had seven receptions for 58 yards against Seattle. Um, the only concern there is going to be with Chicago. They've allowed the second fewest fantasy points to tight ends. So that would be the concern. Um, but I still think that Fryermuth will see the second most targets behind Johnson. Yeah, I think that's a safe prediction. Uh, you know, unfortunately here for for Ben and the 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 pass catchers, it's sort of trending in the wrong direction in terms of the downfield passing the overall volume. I mean, eight touchdowns on the season and four interceptions. Mm-hmm. He's only had 300 yards once. He's only had two touchdowns once. Mm. And, you know, that, that downfield threat with Claypool just hasn't been working out. So it, it has been all about these short passes to, to Johnson and the tight ends. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think that's a key place to look on this slate. We'll see if Ebron is playing. He's, he is questionable. Like you kind of alluded to, uh, didn't play the last week, and and Gentry actually had three catches on five targets. Mm. So, you know, Ben wants to use those guys yeah. and just get it out of quick. You know, he doesn't want to get hit. He wants right. to try to make it through the season. Yeah. So He's already dealing with an injury on top of it. So that's, that's right. Yeah, that's, ass- out. that's assuming he's even out there. Yeah. I think he will be. Yeah. Uh, he'll find a way. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Well, that covers the two-game slate here. Uh, If you like these podcasts, hit the thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. Uh, We'd love to have you uh, tune in here. We do 11 podcasts a week in front of the paywall. If you want the lineups, dfscoachtalk.com to sign up. We'll get you in there with an email. Josh, any final thoughts here on the primetime slates? No, I'm definitely I'm definitely looking forward to watching that that first game, especially. I think it'll be interesting to see how Tennessee plays without Derrick Henry. Um, and you know, we've had pretty much every primetime game hum- somehow stay pretty close. So it'll be interesting to see if that happens once again. So, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it as well. That new dynamic with Tennessee and the new faces potentially with the Rams and, and if mm-hmm. Tennessee can find a way to keep it close, yep. that'll be a big challenge. So, all right, great stuff. Thank you all for tuning in and, uh, make sure to tune in this weekend for the NBA podcasts, uh, that continue to roll out seven days a week. So. On behalf of Josh Crash Davis and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I'm Andrew Hansen. We'll see you next time as we look to crush it in DFS.